Good morning, once again, church family, and thank you for joining me in communion this morning and in worship today. And thank you, Lee McMiniman and Pastor Chuck and Jessica and all those that help keep things going, yourselves included, while I was gone last week visiting family in Ohio. As we start this morning's service, the message part, the sermon part of the service, I'd like to share with you a quote. A.W. Tozer once wrote, the man who has God for his treasure has all things in one, that one being God. The man who has God for his treasure has all things in one. Today we'll be looking to what eternal life truly means. In eternal life we have a great divine treasure. God is that treasure and he blesses us greatly with all one truly needs. Today we look to where eternal life comes from and why it has been given to us. And as we do this, we'll see three things. One, the nature of eternal life. Two, the source of eternal life. And three, the purpose of eternal life. I feel this is a great follow-up to Lee's message last week on Christ, anxieties, and the hope to be found in Jesus. I also feel this to follow communion quite well as we talk about proclaiming the life, the new covenant that we have in him and in hope and faith and love. Please open your Bibles now to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Open a Bible in front of you to John chapter 17. I do not have the scriptures on the slides today. We'll explore a beautiful passage here in John 17. And in this we'll dive, we'll dive deep into the heart of Christ as he prays to the Father and as he prays for us. As we read, you will see Jesus' mention of eternal life. Eternal life. <clears throat> we often misunderstand eternal life, don't we? We often seem to think about it only being for tomorrow, the next day, for our futures, instead of in today's blessings as well. We seem to picture eternal life with God as something boring, without entertainment, without purpose, without joy. But really, eternal life is now and forever, today, as well as tomorrow and the future. It is full of God-given blessings and joy as we treasure God, as we understand the source of life being in Christ, and as we glorify God and his treasures given to us. In other words... The true meaning of eternal life is knowing and treasuring God, understanding his source is found in Jesus Christ, and recognizing the purpose of this gift being to glorify God and to unite us together with him forever. Forever. Before we dive in deeper this morning, let's read John chapter 7. Please follow along as I read. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those who have given who you have given him. Now, verse 3, this is crucial, critical here. You can underline it, circle it, highlight it. Now, this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now Jesus will be praying for his disciples, saying, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. He gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. And I will remain in the world no longer. But they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them. By the power of your name, protect them. By the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. What, what great joy, what great blessings we have in his word today and every day. What a great promise we have here. For they are yours, those who follow after Christ Knowing God and Jesus, we are his. What a great blessing to know that we belong to the Lord of all. Please join me in prayer as we thank God for his word and ask him to illuminate our hearts and minds with understanding and wisdom. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. We pray now that the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to the truth of eternal life. Reveal to us the nature of source and purpose of this incredible gift help us to treasure you above all else and in the name of jesus we pray and all god's people said amen number one as we start off today number one we'll be looking to the nature of eternal life the nature of eternal life is a profound concept that is central to our faith our christian faith in our passage today, Jesus reveals to us that eternal life is not just merely about living forever, but rather it is about knowing God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. This statement is both profound and transformative. Why, you might ask? Well, it shifts our understanding of eternal life from a future-oriented existence to a present relational reality. Let me say that again. This statement is both profound and transformative as it shifts our understanding of eternal life from a future-oriented existence to a present relational reality. There will be five subpoints here with the nature of eternal life. And first, consider this. Consider this. The idea that eternal life is about knowing God. Knowing God. The word know in the original Greek language is genosko, which implies an experiential, intimate, and personal knowledge. Notice this is not merely an intellectual understanding of facts about God or about your faith but rather a deep and personal relationship with him and one of a loving submission as well. This means that eternal life has to do with the quality of a relationship with God. It's about experiencing life with him personally 
forever. It is about being in communion with the creator of the universe, the one who knows us intimately and loves us unconditionally. Eternal life involves knowing God, again, with an an experiential, intimate, and personal knowledge. Second, in the nature of eternal life, second is this. Recognize, we must recognize that eternal life is not just about knowing God, but also about knowing Jesus, whom he has sent. Verse 3 again says, this is eternal life, to know God and Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Jesus is the perfect revelation of the Father, the exact representation of his being. We read this in Hebrews, among other places. And to know Jesus is to know God, for he is the invisible image of the invisible God. Colossians tells us of this. This means that eternal life is not just about a relationship with a distant, transcendent deity, but with a God who comes near to us in the person of Jesus. Jesus is the bridge between heaven and earth, the bridge between sin and God, the mediator between God and humanity, and the one who makes it possible for us to know God intimately and personally. Jesus creates a bridge between a sinful life to a redeemed life. Next, in the nature of eternal life, third, we must understand that eternal life is a present reality, not just a future hope. And we must live in this truth. Live in this truth. Jesus says in John 17, 3, Now, this is eternal life. Now! This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Not will be, not in the future, now this is. And this word now, and combined with this is eternal life, indicates that eternal life is not something we have to wait for until we die, or until Jesus returns, but something to be experienced and enjoyed in the present moment. Also, a side note, what is described here is also what leads to eternal life with God. Part of it, at least. This is a radical and life-changing truth, for it means that we can experience the fullness of life. As John 10.10 says, the abundant life that Jesus came to give. Right here, now, in the here and now, as we grow in our relationship with God and Jesus Christ. Fourth, in the nature of of eternal life is not just about individual salvation. The nature of of eternal life is not just about individual salvation, but also about a corporate unity or fellowship of which we have together. Notice Jesus' prayer here. He asks the Father to protect his followers so that they may be one as he and the Father are one. This unity reflects the unity that exists within the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit. As they are one, we too are one body. And fifth, finally, the last sub-point in the nature of eternal life. But first, this point. Eternal life is about being part of a new humanity 
a new creation, and a new community of which is united in love, truth, and a purpose. I ask you to consider yourself and your life with fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. This is us. We are a new humanity, a new creation, a new community, one of which is united in love, truth, and a purpose. Have we lost sight in that? That we united together in love, the love of Christ, that he gives us this example. And that we're united together in the truth of God's word and ways. The truth of his existence. The truth of his sovereignty. And in a purpose greater than our own. Let's move on with five. Fifth. The nature of eternal life is both a gift and a responsibility. And Jesus says in John 17, 2, that the Father has granted him authority over all people so that he might give eternal life to all those whom the Father has given him. That word give, it shows us that this is a gift of God. Christ, from Christ, through Christ. This means that eternal life is not something we earn, achieve, or deserve, but something that is freely given by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ and as a gift. However, this gift does come with a responsibility. Jesus says in verses 6 to 7, He has revealed the Father to those whom the Father has given him, and they have observed his word. This means that eternal life is not just about receiving God's grace, but also about responding to that grace and obedience, faith and love. Obeying him. Obeying the word. We must open the gift, use the gift, and share the gift. Open the gift, use the gift, obey the word, read the word, share the gift. And finally, to reflect upon this first point of the nature of eternal life, I have some summary or some points here. <clears throat> As we reflect on the nature of eternal life, we must ask ourselves, do we really, truly know him? God and Jesus Christ. In a genosco way. Remember, that means to intimately and personally and experientially know him. Or do we merely know about him? Are we experiencing the deep fullness of life that Jesus came to give? Or are we settling for a shallow, superficial existence? Are we living in unity with our fellow believers? Or are we allowing division, strife, and disunity to hinder our witness and our experience of what eternal life is truly meant to be. And finally, are we receiving God's grace with gratitude and humility, responding to that grace and obedience, faith, and love? Having an intimate knowledge of God and living for eternity in the here and now, not just the future. This drastically changes the way you live. And it should. For when you truly know him and know of eternity, you also know that he reigns forever and ever. And we live in light of this sovereignty, his sovereignty and hope. For he is our king. And he is Lord of eternity, not just over our temporal matters. Let's move to point two of eternal life. <clears throat> the source of eternal life. We've looked to the the nature, let's look to the source. The source of eternal life is a profound, essential aspect of our faith as well, as it reveals the very heart of God and his desire for us to be in an intimate relationship with him. 
John 17, 1 through 11, in this scripture, Jesus makes it clear that eternal life is a gift that comes directly from God the Father and through Jesus Christ, his Son. It's beautifully captured in verse 3 where Jesus says, Now this is eternal life. And it's a gift that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You see, it is through knowing God and Jesus that we receive the gift of eternal life. And this knowledge is not merely intellectual, but relational and experiential as it works throughout our life and our very souls. When looking at the source of eternal life, we also see the sovereignty of God at work here. In verse 2, Jesus says, For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. God the Father has given Jesus authority to bestow eternal life upon those whom he has chosen. This truth highlights the divine initiative in our salvation. And it reminds us that it is not just by our own efforts or merits that we receive eternal life, but by the grace and mercy of God. Another thing we see in the source of eternal life is the centrality of Jesus Christ in this gift. Throughout this passage, Jesus emphasizes his unique rule as the only one through whom all eternal life is given. Jesus speaks of the glory he shared with the Father before the world began in verse 5. And the work he has accomplished on earth to reveal the Father to those who believe in verses 6 and 8. Jesus' role as a mediator between God and humanity is essential to our understanding of eternal life. As it is only through his life, his death, his resurrection, his purpose and completion of it. That we're reconciled to God and granted this precious treasure. Jesus is the source of our eternal life being with God. He is the source of this great gift, this treasure. And furthermore, the source of eternal life is rooted in the love of God for his people. And notice Jesus' prayer in this passage. It's a beautiful expression of his love and concern for those who have been given to him. Jesus prays for protection, unity, and sanctification. And again, we see a great demonstration of his love. Let's go back to knowing God now. Theologian J.I. Packer in his book, Knowing God, once wrote, Once you become <clears throat> aware that the main business that you're here for is to know God, most of life's problems fall into place of their own accord. This quote captures the essence of the source of knowing of eternal life. It's about knowing God and Jesus. And in this, we find the true purpose and meaning of our existence. In the other things of this life, of this world, the temporal matters, they don't seem to matter as much then. When we understand that eternal life is a gift from God, rooted in his love and grace, we're freed from the pursuit of self-salvation invited into a life-transforming relationship with our Creator and Savior. We must embrace this truth. We are invited to live lives that are grounded in love and grace, the love of grace of God. Embrace this truth. And finally, our closing point, point three, we have the purpose of eternal life. It's not merely a future reality that we look forward to, but a present reality that shapes our lives. 
this purpose. This purpose of eternal life is to bring glory to God and to unite us together with him and in an intimate and unbreakable bond, a genosco knowledge. <clears throat> we are all part of one body, the body of Christ. Jesus' prayer in John 17 reveals his deep desire for us, emphasis on us, to know the Father and to be one with him, just as he is one with the Father. And please note this unity is not simply a superficial connection, but a profound, life-giving, life-blessing relationship that is rooted in the knowledge of God and his love for us. Eternal life is not just about living forever. It is about knowing and experiencing the fullness of God's love, grace, and truth, and doing it today and every day and forever, forever. It's about being blessed with an invite to be part of his family. And as we understand the purpose of eternal life, we're enabled to participate in the divine mission of God as a family. You see, we are united with Christ and we're called by to be his hands and feet in the world to share the good news of the gospel and to demonstrate the love of God to a broken and hurting world. And please note, this mission is not a burden, but a privilege and a joy as we get to partner together, not just with one another, but with the creator of, his, of the universe in his redemptive plan and work. Next, another purpose of eternal life is to transform us into the image of Christ. As we grow in our knowledge of God and our relationship with him deepens, we're challenged from the inside out. Our character, our values, our priorities begin to align with those of Jesus. And we become more like him in every aspect of our lives. This transformation is not only for our own benefit, but it also serves as a testimony to the world and the power and grace of God at work in us. God can change the worst of sinners to be one of his greatest workers. Additionally, the purpose of eternal life is to bring about an ultimate restoration, not just of you, but of all things. As believers, we are given a glimpse of the future when God will make all things new, wiping away every tear and eradicating all pain, suffering, and death. We are not just blessed here ourselves, but have a responsibility to see as well. You see, this hope is not only for us, but is meant to be shared with the world by us as we invite others to join us in the eternal life that God offers through Jesus. Summarizing now, the purpose of eternal life is profound. It's multifaceted. We've got a lot of facts today, a lot of encouraging facts. It's about encompassing our relationship with God, our unity with fellow believers, our participation in God's mission, our transformation into the image of Christ, and the ultimate restoration of all things. This incredible gift, it's not something to be taken lightly or treated casually, but rather it is a treasure to be pursued, cherished, and shared. So church friends, as we conclude, I'd like to encourage you to remember the incredible truths of eternal life. That it is found in knowing God and Jesus Christ, the one he sent. And it is for today as well as in your forever tomorrows. I ask you, do you know God experientially, intimately, personally? Do you know Jesus? 
Are you living to glorify him today? Today. Don't wait for tomorrow. As I was in Ohio, I had the opportunity to pray with a waitress at IHOP. As she said, she's waiting for tomorrow. She's waiting for the next day. She's waiting because she doesn't want to go to church as a hypocrite. As she's still smoking or sinning or not treating her body or her life as God would intend. And I encouraged her and I prayed for her. Don't wait for tomorrow. The church is full of sinners saved by the grace of God. And we need not just God, but one another. For he created us for these relationships. Don't wait for tomorrow. Live for him today. Let's treasure this gift today and let's live our lives in the light of this profound truth. I end with this powerful statement. Stop living as if the gift of eternity with God and one another is just some treasure for the future. It is a great blessing to pursue, cherish, and share in every day. Let's pray and sing together now. Lord, we thank you for eternal life. We thank you that we even have the capability of knowing the God of the universe, the creator of all, the sovereign Lord, and Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love given to us through him. We thank you for his life-saving action. We thank you through confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life and seeking forgiveness of sin and to follow him that we are saved, redeemed. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit which given, is given to us in salvation. The great helper and comforter and strength and equipper. And Lord, we thank you that eternal life is not just something to look forward to in the future, but it's something that we can enjoy today and forever and together. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, Amen.